I'm going to go ahead and say this. Uh, shout out to the Super Bowl champion, the LA Rams, for getting this W. You know, Sean McVay is the future of the NFL. Todd Gurley's a beast. CJ Anderson might be fat, but he can still run. I'm glad to see and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald uh, win a championship. I feel like it's well-deserved. Uh, Marcus Peters played a great game. I, I love the game plan that uh, Sean McVay had for them. It was uh, an excellent game plan to shut down an, an old quarterback like Tom Brady, who might not be a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But either way, congrats to the to the Los Angeles Rams for winning Super Bowl uh, 51 or whatever Super Bowl we're on. And if, and if for some uh, unforsaken reason that they lose the game tomorrow – uh, I'm sick and tired of the Patriots getting to the Super Bowl. I'm tired of them cheating. They, I, they, the call in the fourth quarter, uncalled for. Like the refs got to make that call. Hey, what's good, it's your boy? Sapri seven hundred six at SB four seven six on Twitter. This is committee podcast. We have our usual hosts, uh, Marcus Sniffles and El Chapa. I'd like to wish everybody listening a happy Black History Month. How's it going, guys and gal? Hola. Black. Black as bitch. Yes, I have on my uh, my Black Panther shirt. I have my black do-rag. I have my black skin. Uh, if you watch on YouTube, uh, well, check out our videos if you're into that kind of thing. But I didn't need this bottle, but I bought it anyways. <laughs> it's wow. pretty cool. I, I mean, I... I'm going to take it to work and make white people angry. So, but yes, this is going to be a podcast. Appreciate everybody <laughs> listening. Drop a review on Apple Podcasts. Shout out to kidsworkcrowns.com. Shout out to all the homies. So what we're going to do for Black History Month, we're going to start each episode with uh, a little known fact about Black History. All right. So if you didn't know, Black History Month initially was started as Black History Week. I'm reading from a book called African American First, Famous Little Known and Unsung Triumphs of Blacks in America. By Joan Potter. If you're a reader, definitely check it out. But who created the first Black History Week? It is Carter G. Woodson, born in 1875, was known by many as the father of Black history. Forced to work in the coal mines of West Virginia as a teenager, Woodson was unable to attend high school until he was 20. A brilliant student, he went on to study at the University of Chicago, Harvard, and Sorbonne in Paris. Working as a public school teacher and principal in Washington, D.C., Woodson saw that his students had little knowledge about the contributions made by African-Americans to this country's history and culture. To help fill this void in American education, he found the Association of Study of Negro Life and History in 1915, and years later began publishing the Journal of Negro History, for which he wrote hundreds of articles and book reviews. In 1926, Woodson created the first of what would be an annual celebration of African-American achievement, in the beginning, the celebration lasted for one week and was called Negro History Week. In 1976, it was extended to the last for the entire month of February and is now known as African American History Month. So there we go. Shout out to Carter G. Woodson for uh, giving us what we have now. Yeah, uh, it should be 365 Black, you know, stay Black all times. But, you know, the month we have, I think we should try to use it to the best to educate uh mostly other black people also white people so definitely spread the word so but yes with that educational tip we're gonna get into uh how black history month really started for us in the year of our lord 2019. so th the first thing that, that uh -oh. was a bit baffling is that uh, adidas or adidas decided for black history month that they would release an all-white shoe 
So sit sit back and think about this for Black that makes History perfect Month. Perfect sense to me. Good job, Adidas. Good job. Yeah, I, I hope Kanye had nothing to do with this because I, <laughs> I I feel he's a little too eccentric to release an all white shoe. But uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see in the back. Those are some Black History Month shoes. Those are the Black History Month KDs, KD tens, I believe. Very beautiful shoe. It has uh, like African designs on it. Uh, you can Google it. Nike, you know, for what it, for what it's worth, Nike does put out Black History Month shoes. Uh, I have a pair of Black History Month LeBrons. I have a pair of the Equality LeBrons he put out, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, one shoe was black, one shoe was white. If you watch a couple of YouTube videos, I haven't posted up on my uh, my stand as usual. But yeah, that that's a Black History Month shoe. Like it, it shows like some resemblance to, I guess, African culture. Whereas Adidas, for whatever reason, thought that shit was gonna slide, and you know, Twitter, which again is moved by Black people along with the dollars. And in America, got that shit out of the paint, and they decided like, nah, we're not gonna do this anymore. Like, and this is what happens when you don't have a black person in the room when some of these decisions are made. It 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 does it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would that's you, pretty like, evident? Yeah. Who, who thought that was a good idea? Like, do y'all know how the world works with social media? Like, this this is not the business. So, shout out for Adidas for being super whack with that. So, also, also, also the uh, Republican. Uh, what is he, a governor, mayor, some old white guy, uh, Ralph Northman in Virginia. Uh, he was, he was exposed week, uh, for his uh, yearbook picture, not his high school yearbook, not his middle school yearbook, but his college yearbook at his uh, medical school. And there was a photo that surfaced of two gentlemen in a costume. One person was dressed up as a Klan's member. And the other person was dressed up as a white person in blackface. Now, that is what you call a dilemma because one of those two characters was <laughs> <laughs> was uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Northman. There now it hasn't it hasn't been confirmed which one he is. Uh, the The first initial story was silence. After the silence, he was like, "Yeah, I was one of the two. He didn't specify which one. Now the the newest story is like he's not sure if that was even him in the picture. I thought it said, and it could be fake because I saw it on Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, but he Twitter was like, oh, how he had blackface on because he was doing Michael Jackson. Anybody see that one? So what he said. Something along that, those lines, allegedly. So, <laughs> so what he said was at first, <laughs> after he denied it not being him, he was like, oh, you know, that wasn't me in that picture, but there is a there is another picture somewhere of me in blackface because of a Michael Jackson dance. Oh, contest. OK. So now, it's like, OK, that one comes out. Let me get ahead of the story. Yeah, let me wow. <laughs> let me throw that out real quick. Now nah, I was being Michael Jackson. So I unfortunately, the technology wasn't available, but I would have loved to see that dance contest, though. Like, fuck the picture. I want to <laughs> see this old white man or this white man. <laughs> Uh, trying to well, move he was young at the so. time, yeah, still. Ah, yes, a young, uh, a young potential racist. So, yeah, first day of Black History Month, we got it popping with a Klan's member and a guy in blackface. So, uh, off to a great start, you guys. This is great. I'm loving it. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't, have said I wouldn't have said nothing. I'd have been like, until you can prove that's me, that ain't. Me. I wouldn't have said nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna need y'all to be able to point and tell me which one y'all think is me. And if and if y'all and if y'all get it right, if y'all can confirm it 100, <laughs> percent then I'll apologize. Until if then, I'm like, investigation. 
Yeah, I, I, I would have just said, you know, I don't condone the actions of the people in this picture, the people I went to medical school with, because this isn't like his high school yearbook. This mm-hmm. is his medical school yearbook. He was 25 years old. Yeah, I would have yeah. been like, man, I don't condone this behavior. These people should be ashamed of themselves. Well, I don't know why they did this. And I'd have rolled that lie out until someone could prove to me that you got me in blackface. <laughs> until you get me red-handed, you ain't got me on camera stealing boxes. Hell no. He about to fuck up my bag. Yeah, and he it doesn't look like he wants to quit either. He's like, yeah, he this said he's might not have resigning, and I'm not resigning. So uh, yeah. they ain't got no proof. Well, did you see the picture though? I seen the picture. I don't know which one's him. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, like you have an entire, like you know how yearbook works. You have an entire spread with you. There's three other photos with you, and then just so like, all right, so the yearbook picture was put together. Picture of you on the left. Picture of you in front of an old senior Corvette. A picture of you in a cowboy hat. We're just gonna randomly throw a picture of two random guys dressed up as a Ku Klux Klansman and a, a white guy in blackface. Like, how does that work? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Condemn, like, I would condemn my medical school. I would condemn them to hell. Until you got me, until you know that I'm in that blackface, that's not me. <laughs> that ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> but I the fact the that he has else. it, the fact that he has it is also telling. Like, he's not, he's not doing all the extra that I feel that somebody who was innocent would do. So he's basically just like, mm, you can't prove it. Sure can. That's it. And that's it. You can't prove it, period. Now I did it. Not nothing. You can't prove it. Yeah, but a lot of his constituents are coming out saying like, yeah, you need to step down. You're unfit to lead. Like, uh, I'm going to have to go back and look at some of his uh, policies. <laughs> I'm unfit to lead? Who's the president? Get the, get the right. Fuck that. I'm not stepping off your Right. Right. So- <laughs> he got the, he so got you talk about... When we talk about the things of people's past and should we bring it up when it comes to people who are in positions of leadership and, you know, especially when it comes to Congress and political statutes, I just feel as though with the current administration, you can't have the same, it doesn't have as much of a hold. It doesn't doesn't pull that much. It's not with that much weight because you have a reality star running a free world right now. So. Well, allegedly, because from from a lot of reports, he doesn't like he doesn't read anything. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't show up to work on time. He watches a lot of TV. Like if that's all it takes to be president, then sign me up. I wouldn't either. Like, didn't he just tweet that he's not having here. fun? He didn't he say like it's boring or something the other day? Like he's not having fun. I mean, you can't get pissed on by Russian hookers. Uh, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I, I fully believe that uh, to this day, I, I still don't think he actually wanted to be president. I think he ran just trying to make a mockery of the whole thing, and then he fucked around and got elected, and now he's like, shit. Like, I, I, think he, I think he's kind of counting down the days to get up out of here, because it's just like he can't wild out the way he wants to. I mean, and he's, he's bugging, you know, as of now, but he can't really you know, probably tweet or talk the way he really wants to. And, you know, I, I honestly, I think he needs to move. Is he on Instagram? Because I feel like he'd be great with, like, a, you know, the 30-second video clips instead of, like, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see, like, the tweets that he puts up, but him saying it into the camera for, like, <laughs> as, as a selfie, I, I think it'd go crazy. He'd do crazy numbers. Like, I'd love to see that. Well, as long as, uh, the, as long as the world doesn't turn into a wasteland, but yeah, I, and then part of the thing with not going to work, it's got to take at least 
Elle, I know you're you're a woman who who puts on makeup, but like on the average, oh how gosh, long it, how long does it take you to put your makeup? That's right. Look at me currently, bitch. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's can we, can we, uh, no comment. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, turn that turn that camera on. <laughs> yes, but like, how, how long does it take to put your makeup on? Like on a, a good night. Um. Okay. It depends on. Uh, Legit depends on two things. Am I going out nighttime or is it like normal day wear? Because normal day wear, I can do that in five minutes. Going out, that could take oh, wow. me, yeah, because it's just the same shit over and over again. But going out, it could take me like 20, 30 minutes. If I'm really trying to do it up, it could take me 40 minutes. That's because you got to be careful with the eyeliner oh. and all the other stuff. Well, imagine that you're the most powerful person in the world and that you're probably filmed and photographed probably every single day multiple times a day factor that in too yeah wait for myself yeah imagine you're gonna be on camera every oh, single day getting my, my professional makeup done and hair done especially that could take hours i'm gonna assume okay so if anybody's yeah. seen a picture of shady 45 his makeup's got to take at least two hours tops because they have to like recreate his hair probably every single day like i can't imagine what it looks like when he wakes up in the morning because it looks um, I don't know. because it looks it looks terrible when it's done. You know what I'm saying? So you know, like some days I don't know because he's just one shade of orange and then some like shade <laughs> of white concealer. Like it's just one shade. There's no contour, nothing. Just one shade of all orange, some bright ass concealer under the eyes, and that's it. Maybe I think maybe they fill in his eyebrows. His makeup lady's trash. Apparently. No, again, I'm pretty sure that's the way he dictates it. I'm pretty sure that's the way he wants it. He, he needs a, he if he didn't like lady. it, it wouldn't be that way. He needs to make a person that knows how to work on people of color. See, what I always wonder is, because that's like also like part, I'm assuming, spray tan, right? <laughs> so then it's like, you don't just do the parts that people are going to see. So who's the person doing the spray tans? Like, I feel for them. I do. Because I'm pretty sure, because typically you're like, all this new, like you're naked. I want to. I want to talk to the person that it's that installs that lace front of his. That's got to be. <laughs> oof, that's got to be a, a struggle. Like that's a lot of pressure to get that thing to look good, and it looks like shit on the daily. So I don't know what kind of pressure he's putting that guy under, or that person under. So ba back uh. to the the subject at hand with the uh, what I coined is racist Ralph. Uh, mm. Shout out to the homie we had on last week. Uh, Lex underscore Lutheran, the the keep that same energy God. So uh, so Mr. Lex pulled us some old tweets. So this would be two of the worst tweets of the week. We're going to bring it back. Yay. Ah, what day was this? Uh, back in uh, November 5th, 2017, uh, President Barack Obama knows Ralph as a man of integrity, and he's the mm -hmm. best choice to serve in Virginia. That's one. And new uh, Democratic presidential nominee, Kamala Harris, back in uh, November 7th, 2017, tweeted out, congratulations to Ralph Norpin and his team for showing that Virginia won't stand for hatred and bigotry. Hey, <laughs> hey, that ain't me. That ain't, you ain't got me on campus too, Oh, man. You ain't got me on campus. Nope. Uh, this is all allegations. This is all fake news. Yeah. So uh, I saw a couple people talking about. Yeah, you need to delete that. Go ahead, and get those. Uh, get those tweets out of here. It's too late, man. At this point, it's like whatever. Like, 
I didn't know. I, I gave him a fair shake, but I'm curious to a who found that and then how it came out. Like, who did he piss off for them to be like, oh, or I don't know, maybe just ran. Like, maybe he was old, one of his old classmates who's like woke now was going down memory lanes. Like, whoa, like this dude was wilding. Let me let me get a bag from uh from these news outlets or something like that. So I found that interesting. Uh, we'll see what happens if you step down. But again, that's that's a, a great way to kick off Black History Month. So. I don't know how your KKK member in blackface at the same damn time. Like that's like who was his friend? Who's who if who was the other one? You know what I'm saying? Like who was that person? That person's like shit. That man's laying low. He's like yo, it's like yo, that don't come for me. So I want no smoke. I'm trying to keep my job, man. Like I feel, I feel it would have been safer for him to be the 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 KKK guy, the Klansman, because again, at least you have a hood on. Like that's speculation at that point. Like. I don't, know who, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know who that is. Like, yeah, that's you. That's yeah, it's like, you. yeah, yeah, like, like, yeah, you gotta take the L. So, yeah, but shout out for him for like, kicking off Black History Month with uh, extreme bigotry and racism. And again, we've talked about this in the podcast before. Uh, to white people, blackface is never a good idea. Not for Halloween. No occasion is black. Not for parties, because there's a Florida governor, I believe, who got caught and he actually resigned as well so i guess shout out to him for doing what you're supposed to be a cop being racist but he uh dressed up as a uh katrina victim oh yeah, no. there's some pictures of, a, a woman too there's oh. a white male that portrayed himself as a black katrina victim woman so yeah i can only, I can only imagine what he what he was wearing what he tried to do there yeah definitely definitely google that so uh, transitioning, there's another story that was uh, pretty equally disturbing in a different way. So there was a glitch with iPhones. Shout out to all you broke boys that don't have iPhones that probably were laughing at us, iPhone users. But there was a glitch that allowed people to FaceTime other people. Even if the person didn't pick up the phone, you could add a call to your incoming call and answer their phone without them knowing about it. Essentially, giving you the ability to listen into anything that's going on around them without them knowing it. So yeah, that was definitely a huge PR hit for Apple, even though their stock numbers are still going to be great. They'll patch. It'll be fine. But that brought up interesting conversations. Like, yeah, I I quickly turned mine off because I'm not going to lie. I'd be wilding out at home. Like I I may talk (laughs) semi-professional on, on this podcast, but some of the things that my FBI agent hears me say are very, very not good. So I cut, my face, I, I cut my FaceTime uh, application off of my phone. I was like, damn, like, there's some people out there like, damn, man, I might got caught up. Because, like, who knows how long this was happening before, like, it was actually put on Twitter, before people were actually known about this. Like, how many people were getting caught up? So no, we, we had the conversation in our group chat, like, my my thing is with the whole if somebody heard you say something wild or whatever is like, I think uh, shout to Marcellus Wiley. I think he said this on his old ESPN radio show, Max Marcellus. If everybody's guilty, then everybody's innocent. Essentially, like if if you try to expose somebody for something that is like embarrassing, but is like a commonality between people, okay, whatever, dude. Like you caught me on BigWetButts.com. If you look at the porn industry, like we talked about last week, it's clearly booming. So it's Somebody's just not, it. it's just not me. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though I'm, I mean, I'm saved, I'm doing this type of thing. Shout out to KJ and Lex. But yeah, it's like, all right, bet, cool, expose me. 
I'll probably make a hundred new friends that enjoy that website as well. So, but it, it kind of same video. Yeah, it's like yo, like we're, we're do we do we just become best friends? Yep. Eskimo, so, Eskimo brothers. Exactly. Digitally. So it was like, like what is the threshold of something that was like that could be exposed or somebody heard that you would be like, yeah, I said it. All right, bet. What are we gonna do about it? Like, <laughs> we gonna, we gonna... as long as you ain't making like terroristic threats and stuff, it's like, I mean, what, 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 what can they do with that? And I mean, it, 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 like, like I said, it really depends on what you're saying in private and what you're doing in private, like, as to what they can do with that information, because there could be a situation where maybe you say something or you do something and they catch it on on tape or on on audio they just capture that moment and they're just like you know you get an email one day saying hey i need you to do this this and this or i'm gonna expose you with this and you're like oh shit and i guess i gotta do this because i don't want you know my family to know that i was looking at this or talking like this or doing this i don't want my job to find out like this technology is is out of control not out of control, but it's it's slowly but surely getting out of control. Yeah, like yeah. I've been I've been watching uh, way too many uh, episodes of Black Mirror this last month, so I'm paranoid as is. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm waiting for the 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 new season to come out, but there is an episode that that is like that, and I I was watching it. Pretty much the the premise of the episode is a uh, a guy was uh, he was like watching porn, right? Cool, whatever. And he was like a teenage guy, you know, a young guy, kind of nerdy. Seemed like he probably never had a girlfriend or anything like that. But I guess that he got a text message saying like, hey, I saw what you did. He was like, huh? Like, whatever. And then he gets like a text that has like the video of him, you know, uh, taking himself to Euphoria to uh, an adult website. So the, uh, the guy is like essentially blackmailing him saying, hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. I'm gonna put this video out and I'm like, I'm watching it like, all right, bet you kind of beaten off. Like, so what? I actually tweeted about, I was like, yo, release the tapes, drop the tapes. Yeah, I'll do drop it. The, I don't drop the tapes. I don't even care, dog. But fast forward, essentially at the end, um, there was other guy he got caught up with that he got caught, I guess, trying to meet a hooker in his room. So he's like, oh, what they catch you for? He was like, you know, I was, you know, watching porn. Gets to the end of the video and, and the end, he has to fight this. This is so weird. So he has to fight this guy to the death, or the guy is going to send out the video. Come to find out, he wasn't just watching porn, he was watching child porn, kitty porn. So that's why he was so adamant about it not coming out. So at the end, he fights this guy to the death. Surprisingly, somehow wins because the other guy was like an adult. He's like a kid, but I guess he I was very surprised. I was very surprised he came out the victor in that one. I was like, "Come on, man! That dude, that other dude was a grown man. You're just like a prepubescent teen. You're over here fighting and killing niggas to the death with your bare hands." Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but then after he won, he's like, he thought he was good, and then a text message came out with a like a uh, a laughing face. And the guy sent the video everywhere. <laughs> he was like, fuck this nigga, you out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the kid like got arrested for get this a lot going on. But essentially, yeah, outside of anything like that, you know, let us know if there's anything that if you were to be exposed, you'd be like, yo, I can't have this come out. 
But I think like for common stuff, like that's probably the the normal stuff you would be uh, embarrassed about. But I mean, it is what it is. And that ties into another story I heard about on NPR about a Facebook wilding out per usual, selling all of our data. I'm I am this close. I'm I am definitely deleting my Facebook page in probably the next six months. It's just like they give away your data, they make fake pages, they add people without your consent. Like they do all kinds of wild stuff. But NPR had a story about uh them actually paying people to give them full access to their phones. I tweeted out how much it would cost for people to uh, let them do that. And people were, for the most part, were saying, no, they wouldn't ever do it. But there's a couple of folks that said they would do it for a couple hundred dollars, $5,000 a year, $5,000 a month. But essentially, what you need a year. Ugh. You shot the Lex. Lex was like, yeah, whatever. Like, y'all gonna pay me, hear me argue with my girl, laugh at my kid, like, get at people on Twitter. Like, it is what it is. So, I mean, everybody he, says it in public. They all say it in public, but I mean, everybody's got. I feel like everybody has something that they're either embarrassed or insecure about, or that they don't want people to know that they look at or enjoy. There's something. No one's no one's gonna get online and be like, "Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't want the want people to know that I look at kitty porn on my phone." Like nobody nobody's gonna say that publicly. No one's gonna get on, you know, the internet saying, you know, I, I, I'm insecure about my weight or something like that. Like I'm looking at trying to, I, I'm looking at a what's it called when you stick your finger down your throat to make yourself throw up. Like, Anorexia. No yeah, no one wants to put that kind of information out there. People, well, I don't know, maybe they would, but and, and I don't it's not know just, if anybody would want other people to know that that's what they're looking at. Yeah, eighty percent said they wouldn't do it. Seven percent said seven percent said they do it for a hundred dollars a month. And then 13% said, quote, with other amounts. So, but the reason I asked because Facebook was actually targeting like 13 year olds who were doing it for $20 a month. A dub, be a tub. Be to be access to not just their Facebook, all the activity on the phone, pretty much doing research on like how people interact in their phones, how they use it just to try to sell us more stuff, essentially. So, but yeah, I, I felt that was interesting. I mean, if it was purely for research purposes, again, because they're harvesting our data regardless, like let's, it is what it is. But if it's for it's research too, it's purposes, too, it's too late now. It, like we're already we're, we're screwed as is. Like it, Apple has essentially has all at, at least everybody's thumbprint or finger like one fingerprint. They have that now. They've moved on to like all you have to do is look at your phone and it turns on because it recognizes your face. What do you think they're doing with this information and this technology? Like they're eventually they're going it's going to get sold to the highest bidder and people are gonna have the ability to use to use that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like people like there there's with these phones, they have the ability to see not only what you're looking at, but the faces that you make while you're looking at it. So if you're on YouTube and you're looking at a certain video and you're smiling and laughing they're they're gonna try to push more content onto you like that or put more advertisements more particular advertisements like that on your phone that make you smile or if you're if you buy something if you make a certain face when you buy it like there's just there's a there's a lot of stuff out there there's a lot of stuff that's over my head that these companies can do and at the end of the day like money talks 
Like if someone's coming with a serious bag to get your data, they will get it. Yeah. So I I found that that was kind of interesting that people will actually do that. I mean, <sighs> hmm. I do it for seven hundred dollars a month. <laughs> seven hundred bucks. Seven hundred dollars. I do it. Give me a, a brand new Corvette, and I'll be good to go. So, but anywho, El Chapo had to go. She's about to go shake her ass somewhere, uh. doing some doing some twerking, things of that nature. Trying to get her uh her Cardi B City Girls twerk on, which a smooth transition to our next topic. Now, I saw this on Twitter, <clears throat> and it. I guess this is where we're at with things. Uh, this is the the think piece generation. I didn't actually read the article because it's, it was utterly ridiculous the thought of this that somebody took the time to do this. But they were pretty much saying that there's a clear difference between uh, the video twerk versus tip drill, which is arguably one of the greatest videos or film in our in our our generation. That uh, was an integral part of uh, BET Uncut. KJ, do not look this video up. Uh, yeah, they're trying to say that there's a difference between those videos because one they're claiming has women empowerment and the other one has degradation of women. Let's, let's, let's think on that. Let's pause on that for a second. So you have two videos, women shaking their asses, but one is empowerment and the other one is degradation. Like, I mean, you got to be pretty empowered to let a man slide a credit card through your butt cheeks and simulate making a payment. I feel I feel like that's empowerment. Well, without even reading this, I feel that they're automatically going to say it is empowerment because in twerk, it's actually the artist doing it voluntarily. They have faces, they have names, but the other women in tip drill were just props, props. But I mean, it's not like they it's not like they were like enslaved to do this. They they chose to do it. I'm sure they got compensated somehow. I mean, at the very least, they're legends to a lot of people mm. in my age bracket. So. I, I, I did read the article and I I understand where the person is coming from because essentially they're saying like, you know, the women in the tip drill video were just there as props and used just for the men in the video to you know, do whatever they want. And the women in the twerk video were more so like, oh, we're doing this as an expression of womanhood and we're doing this for us. And if I actually rewatched the video and it's, there's no men in that video. It's nothing but women. There's no man like slapping anybody's ass or grabbing their ass or doing nothing like that. There's nothing in, like that in the twerk video. And that's kind of the, the point they were trying to make. And I get it. I understand the point they're trying to make, but I did not need a think piece for that video. <laughs> like I came here to watch that video. I, I knew what it was. I know what it's about. I don't, I didn't, I didn't need that. Like I, I like both videos. I, I still think tip drill is a better video, but I'm also not a woman. So I don't see it from their, their perspective. So, I mean, well, I'm gonna watch the video regardless, and and, and and if that's what women empowerment looks like, then I'm trying to empower every woman out here. Like, keep empowering yourselves out here in these videos. Yeah, I keep mean, going. I feel it's a reach because again, I don't think the, I don't think the video had 30 million views, 35 million views in two weeks because of women's empowerment. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, had they been in a video, they could have did a video with all women in pantsuits. You know what I'm saying? Fully covering. No, they couldn't. No, they couldn't have. No, they could have. Nobody would have watched it. But, but that's, <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, don't don't try to 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 use women's empowerment as a guise for women shaking their asses in Miami, dressed up as animals. That was another thing piece I saw. That I did not read. Talking I'm about oh reading. you know did you the, see the symbolism of black women no, painted as animals I, and no. I'm like come on man no I saw Fifty Shades of Ass that's it I'm not here for think pieces no yeah I, collect get the bag man but let's let's not let's not do this let's 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 keep everything it. everything doesn't need a think piece like everything doesn't need it it's just sometimes it gets annoying to where it's just like the the moment that something when something does happen that actually requires a think piece now people are already turned off about the idea of a think piece because you thought you, you think pieced everything you know what i'm saying like i don't need a think piece for everything <clears throat> oh yeah we got to add ralph northman to the 2019 cancel list i actually started a cancel list i'm trying to updated i know i did it on one of those episodes but ralph lauren ralph northman the government governor oh, i just said ralph lauren i was like what do you do well i mean he's hella racist too but we can add him so so far the committee 2019 cancel list is r kelly erica badu both racist weathermen gummy bears church sure. and we're gonna add ralph <laughs> we're gonna add ralph northman to that list <laughs> oh my gosh and think pieces Think pieces are canceled. pieces are canceled. Jesus Christ. Get them okay. out of here. Yeah, get them out of here. Uh, oh man. So I posted this picture and I'm all right now I'm going through my bookmarks and stuff that I thought I want to talk about. I'm glad I did because I remember the story that I found. Somebody retweeted it and it caught my eye because of the absurd picture. I mean, I think this guy had good intentions. This is gonna be the cover art because it's so ridiculous, but there's a man in uh, Minnesota who's arrested after wife found dead following a drug-fueled death party. So long and short is this this man decided to uh, get his wife out of the hospital because she was, I guess, in hospice. And I guess she was about to die, so she wanted to go home. So he took her home, and according to the deputies, they found the words, death party, God, hell, sick, written in red spray paint on the front of the door of the home. The police came in and no, they came outside. No, the, the husband came outside naked, exclaimed his wife was dead and rushed back inside and started cleaning himself with soap and a bleach mixture. Johnson's wife's body was found wrapped in a sheet at the top of the stairs. So they said Johnson uh, took his wife out of the nursing home. She wanted to come home to die, like I said earlier. She probably should have stayed. She previously had two heart attacks, diabetes, High blood pressure, amongst many other ailments. Blase, blase, blase. Johnson told the police he had the death party where the couple listened to their favorite song, and he and his wife took methamphetamines. Now, if you see the gentleman's picture, this is not going to be a surprise. This dude was definitely on all the meth. He looks exactly how you think he looks. Yes. He said after his wife died, he said he wrapped her in a blanket like the Bible told me to. Shouts to, the, mm. shouts to Jesus, white Jesus. Also, just randomly, the, the policeman found 47 guns at this man's house, several which were stolen. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I 
how do you not only a, a meth head, but you you have forty seven guns, several which are stolen. No one asked any questions either. Like I, I get the having all the stolen guns is probably a problem, but a good twenty of those guns are probably his legally. And how did he get those? And why? <laughs> is Minnesota a red or blue state? I'm, I'm gonna guess it's a red state. It's got to be. That's insane, man. That's insane. I, I, listening to you talk about the story and describe it, like that shit is relationship goals, man. Like he went out there, he went out and took his wife out of a bad situation, like. She was already on the downward slope. Like, she's in hospice. Like, what you want hospice? That's, it's a wrap for you. And he was like, you know what? I'm not going to let my queen die in some, you know, in some place that's not our home, doing something she probably doesn't want to be doing. Let me bring my queen home, and let's do what we like to do. Let's do the things that make us happy together. Let's listen to our favorite songs, which I, I, I don't know what, oh. what, what song it is. Like I, 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 It was I, probably... Uh, Probably Motley Crue, uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's probably what it was. You know, listening to whatever song they were doing, doing math. Like, I get it. Like, who wants to? Who wants to live their life in hospice? Honestly, like that sounds like the worst. Unless you got crazy money and you're living in a, in a, in a really good hospice center. And shout out to all the people that work in hospice because that's a job I would never want any part of. That sounds awful, but. Who wants to spend their last days doing that when you can spend your last days with the love of your life doing that? That's what I'd rather be doing. Because no, fuck that. I saw the note. I saw the notebook. What's how is this any more different? I've never yeah. seen the notebook. You've never seen the notebook? Wow. Do I look like the almost said something? <laughs> do I look like somebody do I look like a person who, who watches the notebook? <laughs> almost says something like wild during black history about the book. I feel like at this point in time, that movie's been out so long and had such a big impact that people at least know what happened. Couldn't tell you a single thing. Couldn't oh, tell man. you the, the main characters, nothing. I have watched oh, My Hero Academia in English and oh, Japanese God. stuff. Jesus Christ. All I'm going to say is if, if you love The Notebook and you're judging this couple, I got questions because there's it's not that different from The Notebook. It, it minus the math. Like you take the math out of that, it's pretty much the notebook. It's a love story. Like, where, where's their movie at? When are we gonna see their, their, how did they, they probably been in love for 50 years because people on drugs stay together forever. So I, I need to know their true story. And they could probably get like John Malkovich or someone to play him. Well, I need to see what his wife looks like. I mean, no disrespect, but this this dude looked crazy. Yeah. So if he looked like that, I need to see what his queen looked like. I'm, I'm judging right now, but RIP to the, uh, the meth lady relationship. Know, hopefully she's in a better place. Hashtag relationship goals. Uh, speaking of better places, uh, America apparently isn't as great as it should be. Uh, you had uh, Empire star Jesse Smollett. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> this was I forgot a, about this. <laughs> this is a wild story. A wild story. Let's see. Some, I'm starting to see people are saying this is fake, but Again, I'll see why anybody would fake something like this. But essentially, uh, Jesse Smollett was attacked, had bleach thrown on him. Let me find the. He was essentially the victim of a hate crime fueled by uh, the MAGA men. 
Let's see. Da, da, da. I don't care about that. I don't care about that either. Oh, well, never mind. I can't find a story. Anyways, talk real quick about finding a story. Hold on. You're trying to find... Oh, they, they also put, a, put like, a rope around his neck. Like, we, we know the implications of that that are and I, I think for the like if you're one of the people going around thinking it's fake like I I saw the because there was a they, they took a picture they took a picture of his face like yeah. you can see that he's got he got he, there's marks on his face he didn't do that they they don't look self-inflicted someone did that now I, I can already hear you know, the MAGA crowd saying, you know, we don't have proof that they said, you know, this is MAGA country, whatever, whatever. And you can take that for what it is. Like, you can either believe it or not believe it, but I feel like there's a track record of people in that hat saying those things, doing racist slash homophobic things to people. And during the during the election when it was between, you know, Shady 45 and, and Hillary Clinton, there was a, the the one thing that I, I, I would talk to people and tell them, like, is the, the reason why we can't have a president like Shady 45 is that if you put someone like that in office, the way he talks, there's going to be multiple groups of minorities that are not going to feel as safe not they're not going to feel as safe as they did previously granted if you're gay in america if you're a minority in america if you're trans in america whatever you probably don't feel safe as is but now you got someone in the highest offices in the land also you know spewing those same sentiments about you now he's empowering other people around you that normally might not have done something to you but now it's like, oh, the president feels the same way I do. He don't want the he don't want these trans people in the military either, just like me. So that means I can go ahead and let these let these freaks know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like he feels the way about these Mexicans. So I can, you know, next time I see a Mexican walking down the street, I'm gonna crack a bottle over his head. Like those are the things that kind of happen when you have someone that talks out of pocket like that in public. Now you got like Jesse, Jesse's Smollett is not, he's not the biggest star in the world, but he's a pretty popular, well-known person. Like, if you see him on the street, you know who that is. Like, I don't, at, but there, if you, you I've, I've never watched that, I've never watched Empire, so. But you've seen the commercials. Like, you've seen commercials for Empire. Like, if you watch Fox, you've seen a commercial for Empire. Like, they put that stuff all the way, they put that stuff out there. Like, it's the thing where if you're, Say if you're a norm, a, a regular, run-in-the-mill gay black person, and you see this, like this guy is a legit celebrity. He's a legit actor on TV, does music, whatever, and he is not protected. Like people, regular people feel the need to go up to that guy, a celebrity, a person that people know, and say, you know what? Fuck that gay ass nigger. We're gonna let him know what time it is. Now imagine that. Imagine now you're someone who's just a, a regular person. He's not safe out here. He can't walk the streets by himself. What am I gonna do? How am I supposed to get through the day if he can't even do it? Like, like I, I remember I was on, 
on Instagram the day the day it happened, and every celebrity put a picture out of him on their on their feed. Like I was scrolling through my feed, I'm like, did this nigga die? Like what happened to him? Because everybody's they had like a picture of him, picture of him in black and white. I was like, is he dead? Like what happened to this guy? And then I once I saw what happened, I, I was like, all right, whatever. But this is something that happens all the time, and we in our country we don't care about it. It's it, this isn't. This isn't something random. This isn't something that's like, this isn't a one-off. There's um, uh, gay, lesbian, whatever, uh, whatever other letter, not trying to dismiss any of the other letters, but the whole letters, there's a lot of people out there catching a lot of flack and getting harassed all the time that we don't care about. And I think this will put some light on it and maybe, you know, some people tend to take action when a when it when it happens to a celebrity, but well, again, I, I looked up his name just now, and there's there's a verified account that's talking about this might be a, a hoax, and again, I, I'm 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 gonna be better about jumping to conclusions after the uh, whole Covington Catholic situation because again, there there's some there's some interesting things on here. They're they're saying that uh, what they say they say a story keeps changing. They say there's some uh, some video of this. They say that, like he was carrying a subway sandwich, and he got beat up. That like nothing happened to a sandwich. They say there's a video of him like walking back into the same building he was assaulted at, uh, saying he now has a rope around his neck and is wearing it like a necktie. Uh, what else are they saying? They're saying that he refuses to allow Chicago detectives to access his phone or to independently verify his manager's claim that he heard MAGA country attack while they were talking. I mean, there could be something to this. You know what I'm saying? There could be more to come out about this. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make the mistake of jumping to judgment. Hopefully that's not the case, but it's the same thing with the, the quote unquote MAGA teens. Where there's smoke, there's fire with with the hats and people who align themselves with that. I mean, I know there's the one percent that are, you know, saying rank and file Republicans, and that's what they do regardless of who's in office. But I hope this. I I think the the main difference is like with the the kid from from last week or two weeks ago, people just saw a picture and took that and ran with it. Like this guy went to the police. Like there's a police report. Like if he if if all this is made up, he went way out of his way to do it. This is and elaborate. Yeah. This is like a terrible, terrible thing to do. Like you went, you took you're taking it to to the next level because he could have like if you wanted to you know make a statement and you know oh you know everybody that wears a MAGA hat is racist. Like I don't think you would have gone this far this far with it because he could have just got on Instagram live and be like yo these these racist white guys just attacked me and try to put it, whatever, whatever. They just tried to do all this stuff. He didn't need to actually go to the police, get pictures taken, put out or, you know, file a report. He did. He went through the whole thing. And if he went through all this and it's a lie, like that's going to hurt the cause way more than if this is helping. Yeah. And, and that's, and that goes back uh, to what we said last week, as far as like getting the story right. And not trying to weaponize your political views or political stances, like even with the uh, with the story earlier about uh, Ralph Northman or Northam, uh, I know Lex pointed out to me on Twitter 
and I even watched this article. I watched the story on CNN. I didn't catch it, but uh, under the description of uh, the governor, they had him listed as Republican, even though he's a Democrat. So he's saying that, that that's another thing that fuels the whole fake news thing, because there's assuming because he's racist that he's a Republican, even though he's clearly a Democrat. Like He was supported by Barack, endorsed by President Barack Obama and Kamala Harris, who are also Democrats. But little mistakes like that and where you, you don't get all the information fuels the narrative of fake news and empowers the whole MAGA men and those people that align with those ridiculous uh, ideals. So we, we got to slow down sometimes. And I mean, there's no rush to, to get the answer. Like, we're going to get an answer at some point. And again, hopefully there's no funny business because I want to Google this man's concert sales and the numbers are no, low. You know, this could be a publicity stunt because, you know, what's the best way to get people to support you? You know, in this in this climate, especially if you're homosexual and you're black, just plain devil's advocate, being attacked by a racist MAGA man would be the best way to garner support and boost sales if you were that nefarious, which I, I'm hoping that's not the case. So yeah, you pretty much it's a, it's a it's a reach, it's a long reach, but I mean <laughs> yeah. stranger stranger things have happened. And again, I hope I hope it's not the case. So we we will yeah, you would essentially be saying this is he's one of the worst people in the world like he's that big of a liar to 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 try to do this which i mean it, i don't know i'm just going by with the information that, that was given and even i don't know i don't even know if i want to even say just even if it does turn out to be fake i feel like my point still stands as far as oh, yeah, how, yeah. how minorities feel in this country now that you know because i mean it's it's facts like hate crimes have gone up like people feel empowered to say certain things to certain people now the things that they used to just think to themselves or the things they used to just talk about at the dinner table they're now going out in public and saying it but now they're going out in public and doing it hmm. yeah that that makes sense so sticking on artists uh, i know killer mike had a great i think it was a great interview on the breakfast club he had a great uh, talk he had a great talk he, he has some very interesting points. I know Marcus watched it initially, and I'm trying to see what points he had. But the, the main things I took from it were his uh, his uh, ideas on Black Pride. It actually falls in well with Black History Month. As far as, uh, I guess, middle class Black people not having a sense of pride in high school, uh, being that most people go to schools that are named for racist white men, and that they're not surrounded by a support group or a core group of, of black people, which I which I guess it, it made a lot of sense. Like I can I can definitely I understand that, you know, uh, it's definitely a different environment, hopefully for the better. If you're surrounded by people that look like you, if it's in a good environment. So he kind of had an argument with DJ Envy, essentially saying that. You know, they're both rich, but he chooses to send his kids to public school in Atlanta versus DJ Envy, who's sending his kids to private school in New York, New Jersey. Now, his his point was that you can go to public school and get a good education and also be surrounded by people who look like you and get confidence to come out into the world where DJ Envy's point, I believe, was that his kids were learning stuff he never got to learn at these private schools and they also have better teachers and provide better opportunities. Now I sided with Killer Mike because he, he had some good points, essentially saying that, yo, you know, yeah, your kids might be 
learning about entrepreneurship. And I oh, don't know. He said he said that uh, most of these kids in school were who want to be billionaires, and that most Americans want to be millionaires. And Killer Mike disagreed. And I I believe Killer Mike was kind of right on all all angles because, like you said, most people I don't think like people want to be millionaires. But at the end of the day, like you said, people want to be comfortable. Like you don't want to have a lot of debt. You want to be able to have a nice house. You know, take a vacation here or there, not live stressed out. Whereas envy feels that everybody wants to be rich and drive Ferraris and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it was an interesting talk. Definitely check it out. But, um, yeah, I, I think Envy's thing was he, he feels that the private school was helping him because he also went to a Catholic school. But Killer Mike pointed out that, like, even though he had this great education, he's still a DJ. Like, it's not like he went to all these, these fancy schools to end up being a doctor or a lawyer. Like, he could have essentially did what he's doing now, going to public school. Yeah, and that how Envy's kids were like, oh, you know, they got all these opportunities. It's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, those opportunities come from the fact that you're a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're rich. Like, that's cool. Like, they can literally do whatever they want, wherever they go. Like, you could teach them, you could teach them school out of a cardboard box. Like, they're still going to have greater opportunities because of what you provided to them. But he thinks that you get more, get more life lessons and get more confidence being around people who look like you. Because the whole, I guess Angelie was saying like, yeah, she went to a private school and she got called the N word, stuff like that, and she didn't like it. The same with Envy, but he's like, yo, even though it happened, I still got more opportunities or whatever. But same with his kids. He said his kids face racism, but Killer Michael's like, yo, you, you pull up to their school in Ferrari, like it doesn't matter. Like, and I'm like, ah, you kind of got a point. That, that probably doesn't sting that bad when you go home to a mansion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you got a, when you got a maid at home, it's like, eh, that's a, life isn't that bad, I guess. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I I also agreed with what uh what Killer Mike was saying as far as DJ Envy going going to a private school as a as a kid and still ending up a DJ. Like, and that's not a that's not a shade that's not shade or discus. DJs are it's an important job and someone needs to do it. But I mean, DJ Envy essentially would have became DJ Envy without private school because you don't learn the the hustle mentality and learning about music and all that stuff. How to DJ? He didn't learn that in private school. He probably learned that from doing it and practicing it and and uh, doing parties and stuff like that. And I guess you get more. You're probably you're probably more likely to learn how to be a DJ in public schools, they probably have those kind of classes now, like music classes, you know, electives as far as like, you know, electronics and stuff like that. And that watching the interview did get me somewhat uh, interested in his in his Netflix show, the trigger warning show. Like, I think I am going to watch it to, to see what it's about. But I don't know. I've had the discussion of private school versus public school. I have it all the time. I have it a lot more now that I have kids. I'm just like, I think I'm, I think I'm good with public school. Like, I feel like you, you get to interact with, or at least as a kid, you get to interact with the kids that live in your neighborhood, kids that look like you. Um, and, and, and like you were saying, if you're, if you take your kid to a public school and he, he or she is not doing what they're supposed to do in that public school, 
but then you put them in a, put them in a private school and all of a sudden they want to work harder like that's that's just an at home that's an at home community problem like you want to yeah, get around these a, white a, people get around these white people and be a superstar but when you're in your own community you don't want to shine or try to stand out and it's like i went to we i went to a school that didn't have a lot of black people and i've i've worked at schools that had the opposite and i'm like damn dog like it had been pretty cool to go to a school with all black people like the the one school i was working in new jersey uh east orange high school like that school had like huge like in the library it had huge posters of like malcolm x martin luther king you know it had like a poster of shaquille o'neal like whitney houston because these are all famous people from new jersey like newark like Shaq even has his uh what's that theater called it's on springfield avenue i might have to add the homies from new jersey but there's he has a there's a theater in new jersey in newark and he has like his own like he funded it his own uh theater room that has like his logo in it he paid for like nice seats and everything even though that theater is hella hood but like they don't they don't realize like hey y'all are in a, a pretty cool unique environment where they're they're highlighting essentially black heroes from your community and you want to go in school and fight every day you know what i'm saying like an act of fool and not trying to learn stuff you have all this inspiration around you as opposed to going to a you know white school where you you don't get that type of education like i'm, I'm pretty sure black history month at east orange high school is way different than black history month at montclair high school or uh, orange high school or sorry south orange high school orange high school is the hood too so but yeah that that's the thing like i, I it, it's a community thing it, it ties deeper than just black folks it goes way deeper like redlining stuff like that but i did like how he was trying to you know say hey push your kids to go to hbcus where a lot of the our black heroes went to so get we a good lot a lot of good points about martin luther king jr who was probably one of the brightest african-americans we've we've, we've put out he went to black schools, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think that we should put more value in ourselves, our black schools, our communities, our people, and push our kids to go to black schools. Like I, I get the networking purposes if you're like, oh, I went to Yale, I went to Harvard, but you know, it's but you're gonna that learn starts that had to start though. Like it didn't like Harvard and Yale didn't just become that. Like it had it took people going to those schools for it to build up to be like, all right, this is a school that people are going to. This is a this is the school that's got all the networking like if you if we you know push our kids to go to hbcus and they continue to do that and they tell their kids to do that eventually like a howard could become that kind of place a fam you could become that place through cookman whatever like those schools could eventually be that yeah and i mean it's, it's more it's more and i guess when I, when I go you know public versus private is for me it's more about what what you're doing at home as a parent like if you if you if a kid's report card comes out and you look at his report card and you're like you, you're failing if that's when you realize your kid is failing in school that's on you also that's you that's on you as a parent you shouldn't be surprised by your kids grades you should be on your kid pretty much at least once a week twice a week or even every day being like hey what did you do today do i need to sign something do you have any tests coming up like and that's that's the thing that I'm not looking forward to as a parent. It's just like when your kids are in school, essentially you're in school too. Like you got to do this stuff too. I got to be on my kids every day about what they did. What did you learn? Can I see your homework? Uh, do you need something signed? What's your progress report looking like? Whatever, whatever. Like there's some parents that 
report cards come out and they're like, whoa, my kid has an F? Like, <laughs> no, no, this should not be a surprise to you. You should have been talking to your teacher. You got to have, and there has to be an open line of communication. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should have been like, as soon as your kid's grade starts dipping, you need to be like, yo, let me talk to my teacher. Let me talk to my kid's teacher. And if it's a thing where you feel like the teacher isn't doing the best job that they can and you and you can somewhat prove it, like, hey, my this, the teacher's not sending any homework home or the teacher's not actually grading the papers. They're just giving everybody B minuses. Go to the principal and the superintendent, like, yo, this teacher's not doing their job. Get her, get them out of here. And that's how you, in, you know, impact change or whatnot. But I, I think if a kid is going to be successful in, in any type of schooling, it starts at home. Like, if a kid's parent is not going to be on them in public school, it don't matter what school you send them to. You can send them to private school. If the parents out of the home checking their grades, doing all that stuff, it don't matter. They're going to fail anyway. Like, save your money. Send them to pu- you pay taxes on public school anyway, so... Yeah, I was just looking up. Uh, I thought the internet was trolling me real quick, but I, I I typed in famous HBU alums, and shout out to Tribbles who went to the Howard. Uh, I'm scrolling through, so you have Thurgood Marshall, uh, Tony Morrison, Taraji P Henson, Kamala Harris, Chadwick Boseman, Lance Gross. Don't know who that is. Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Sean Coves, you know what I'm saying? Like uh Marlon Wayans. That's the price. <laughs> Anthony Anderson. Uh who else? Uh Amarosa Magnacon. Uh mm. Lala Anthony, Tanahashi Coates, uh Felicia Rashad. Yeah. So they again, like it, it's most of these people are like entertainers for the most part, but still I, I hope that people make this stuff more noteworthy. So Black kids don't feel like they have to go to Harvard or Yale. Like, hey, I can go to an HBCU and be just as successful. I was trying to find some more names. Uh, Martin Luther King, he went to Morehouse, which is in Atlanta. Da, 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 da. Uh, Bomani Jones went to Atlanta Clark University. Um, I think. Uh, fuck, Mark, hmm, computer's being hella slow. I think I think Comrade Jack went to HBCU RIP. Well, Jerry Rice, he's obviously a coon now. He went to Mississippi Valley State. Spike Lee went to Morehouse. Uh da, 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 da. Pam Oliver went to Florida AMM. Samuel Jackson went to Morehouse. Rice B. Henson, I said Howard. Jesse Jackson with North Carolina AT State. Yeah, so if you if you do your Googles, there's a, there's a lot of notable African Americans. Stephen A. Smith, the Winston Salem State University, Lionel Richie went to Tuskegee University. I'm trying to find more names that people know, but just yeah. So KJ, for listening, don't go to those uh those other institutions. Go to the brother institution. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, that's our, our quick uh plug on HBCU. So. Definitely embrace your culture. That would be my message for for that. I did like the kind of the stuff he was talking about as far as like the uh, the businesses that he's doing and you know spending money in uh, 
in black communities and on black businesses and, and stuff like that. Like I do think the the narrative of you know black people not supporting black people is kind of tired at this point because I feel like we do. I think that's that's just a narrative that's just out there. I don't I don't, I, don't I, I just think it's like a Twitter thing where people have like one bad experience and they just they're ready to cancel something. But I think all in all, I think we do as a culture support uh, black stuff and. I think uh, as long as we continue to do that, things will get back on track. Yeah, so this is definitely a Black-owned podcast. So definitely listen, retweet, share it to your friends, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I think we hit everything. So happy Black History Month. Uh, shout out to the kidswearcrowns.com. Shout out to Lex, shout out to KJ, shout out to Crafty Case. Shout out to everybody who listens. I know you are because I, I can't name all y'all off, but uh, a lot of people. A lot of people appreciate it. Uh, we got a Marcus Music Minute. Yes, supporters, not fans. Uh, support your support those who support you. So anybody else trying to do some stuff. Uh, if you know anybody who has a black owned business, and I, I think I mentioned this before, but I want to try to buy something black owned at least once a month. I just kind of forgot. But definitely, if you know anybody who has a black business, uh, male or female, definitely at me and I will. Gladly check out their product, purchase it, and talk about it on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, what you got for the uh, Marcus Music Minute this week as we wrap it up? Um, I was reading an article about how it, there was a time where uh, Black R&B singers, uh, male R&B singers, were viewed as, like, sex symbols and how we don't really have that as much. Like, th- obviously, there's men that sing R&B that are viewed as sex symbols, such as like Usher and, and Chris Brown, but they weren't, they're viewed as sex symbols, but they're not viewed as like manly men or whatever, but that's, that's something different. Uh, and the article is essentially about uh, Teddy Pendergrass. They were talking about his, his story and his journey uh, to get to where he was at. Something I found interesting about it is that he, he was the opening act for Marvin Gaye. Imagine going to a tour with Teddy Pendergrass as an opening act, and then the main, the headliner is Marvin Gaye. Like I could only imagine the stories that happened there. Like the women that were at those concerts, insane. Like they were not only throwing their underwear on stage; they were throwing their hotel room keys on stage because they were like, "Yo, you can come get this work now." And that's, I don't I, honestly, when I think about it, I don't know if we'll ever have something of that magnitude to where like essentially two of the best in their genre or on tour together maybe i guess like kendrick opened for kanye didn't he for the uh the yeezus tour right yep and then uh that, vic mensa opened for jay-z at the 444 i think but the the yeah. kendrick Lamar is way better even though his performance was kind of trash but he's definitely improved but yeah that that, that would probably be like a lot closer to uh to uh marvin or Marvin Gaye and uh, Teddy Pendergrass. But the thing that I thought about after reading that article is who is who is the female version of Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass or Barry White? Like who who is the woman out there that is uh uh you know out there singing songs like two men, like sex songs geared towards men, about men. Jill Scott. That's just, 
Is it? Is it just? I mean, I'm not. I'm not talking about just a few songs here or there. I'm talking like full album cuts where you're just like, yo, I'm gonna put this on. I'm gonna get to work. Like if if she's putting on a concert, it's gonna be a majority men crowd. Because if you go to a Jill Scott concert, I'm guessing it's a majority women, right? Like I haven't I haven't been to a Jill Scott concert. I'm just assuming that. But you know, I I think the closest we have might be Rihanna, maybe. But like I'm thinking, like all time, who was that? Who was the woman that was out here? Like, yo, I'm out here trying to give you these straws, and here's ten songs about it. Like, obviously, you have you know your your pop songs and your your singles or whatnot. But I'm talking like someone who's with the get down, who's trying to you know who's with the shits. Like, how come we don't have? Why hasn't that void been filled? How come there's not a like? I think there's female rappers that do that. But why don't why don't we have a a female singer who is willing to put it all out there like that? And and maybe I'm just not informed. I just haven't heard founder founder yet, and maybe she's out there. and I just don't know about it. If you if you have any recommendations, let me know. Like who is it? who is the female Barry White? Who when who and I I'm talking about a, a female artist who caters to men because like you could say Beyonce, you could say you know, her or whoever, but a majority of their fans are women. I'm talking about a female R&B singer who's major, who a majority of her fans are men. Where, like, who's going to fill that void? Who's going to step up and lead? Who's going to come out here and have men throwing their hotel key cards on stage? Who's going to have, who's going to be the female R&B singer that's going to have men throwing their do-rags on stage? Who's it going to be? Who wants to be that? Who wants to be the pioneer? Silk do rags are too much. So, but also real quick, I guess this kind of ties into music. Just real quick, I don't get too deep in it, but I saw the uh, that Will Bow Wow was arrested for battery, even though he looked like he took most of the injuries, and a lot of men were like, "Yeah, she kind of two piece." I was scrolling through the comments. Somebody had a a picture. So there's a cartoon. It's called Ben Ten. Um, it's a terrible cartoon, but it happens to be on the background sometimes at the house. Uh, I guess this dude, he has a watch where he switches into different like aliens for whatever situation. It was like a little kid. And I'm, uh, on the watch, somebody had a picture of Chris Brown's face <laughs> for him to turn into Chris Brown. I was like, yo, that's, that's hella out of pocket. But it was, oh my God. Yeah. So I have nothing for the unnamed anime session. Uh, I'm caught up on Baruto, which is been hella trash for anime if you don't know uh shout out to give queen who's only on an episode of like five of naruto baruto is pretty much a story about naruto's son and he's hella trash it's pretty much like the it's like somebody said on twitter he's like the ultimate millennial like he dresses really nice he doesn't really fight like he doesn't really work like naruto had to work he's got all the technology whatever it's hella trash. Anyways, in the manga, they finally got some sort of action where Naruto has to fight uh, this lady chasing uh, this guy. So far, the fight was trash. So, somebody said if Naruto loses that fight, they're gonna start reading, uh, watching Fairy Tale, which is another anime. So, yeah, I'm also getting trash. caught up on uh, My Hero Academia, which is really good. The manga is pretty good, so I'm probably like 20 chapters behind. You need to watch uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm telling you, it's only 67 episodes. It's on Netflix. 67. 
It's pretty. It's pretty short. Oh my god. No, I'm oh like god. the the cool thing about Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's not like. It's not like a tip. It's not like Dragon Ball Z, where like yo, the main character is Goku and he's like the strongest person. He always wins. Like the main character in the show is not like the strongest person by any any stretch of the measure. It's it's a really good. It's a really solid story. Like it's probably one of the best stories I've seen next to. It's got the best ending to me next to Angel Beats. So, all right. Well, if you're not going to watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which again I've read most reviews where people have that as like one of the top three animes of all time. Only 67 episodes. I was like, all right, bet. But go watch Angel Beast. Angel Beast is only 13 episodes. If you go watch the show, I guarantee you, you'll be very shocked at how much you'll enjoy it. Because it's not what you think it is. Because once you get to the end, you're like, oh, shit. Like, it's out of control. So definitely check out Angel Beats. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Uh, shout out to the... Super Bowl champion, the LA Rams, for getting this W. You know, Sean McVay is the future of the NFL. Todd Gurley's a beast. CJ Anderson might be fat, but he can still run. I'm glad to see Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald uh, win a championship. I feel like it's well-deserved. Uh, Marcus Peters played a great game. I, I love the game plan that uh, Sean McVay had for them. It was uh, an excellent game plan to shut down an, an old quarterback like Tom Brady, who might not be your first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, but – Either way, congrats to the to the Los Angeles Rams for winning Super Bowl uh, fifty one or whatever Super Bowl we're on. And if and if for some uh, unforsaken reason that they lose the game tomorrow, uh, I'm sick and tired of the Patriots getting to the Super Bowl. I'm tired of them cheating. They I, they, they call in the fourth quarter uncalled for. Like the refs got to make that call. I'm tired of these little bubble screens and short routes that they run all the damn time. It's time for Tom Brady to retire. He's clearly washed up. Gronk is clearly washed up. Stop with the underdog talk. No one believes you. You need more people. This is not 2001. Fuck out of here. No, I'm sick of the, the reverse the, the reverse racism on their team with their personnel, with their receivers. I'd like to sign a position, petition for them to get some black receivers on their team. So, well, Last time I did that, it was Josh Gordon. So. The last two the last couple of times it didn't work. Shout out to Ocho Cinco. But uh, damn, Josh. Damn, all you do is hang around. But right. It's Committee Podcast. We out. Peace. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the thekidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you. Articles, TV and movie reviews, playlists, and a collective of podcasts, which includes Don't Call This a Podcast, Sturdy Show Presents the Barbershop Podcast, Two Dope Smarks, The Committee Podcast, Pretty Petty Politics, and We Bring in Love Back. We've also got a brand new webcast called Politics as Usual, hosted by Ron and AJ. So be sure to go to thekidswearcrowns.com, subscribe if you like what you see, and follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog.